right, this morning we're going to be back in the book of Romans once again. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we spent a lot of time last week talking about the mindset, the spiritual mindset or the Christian, uh, the fleshly mindset, the carnal mindset. Uh, and this week we're going to kind of build on that a little bit more. Um, so we'll begin reading in verse 1, and I'll read down through verse 11. But we'll spend most of our time in verse 5 and following. So let's read the passage. Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, which who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of God, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So let's pray again. Father, again, we ask that you bless the reading of your word today. Father, we thank you for all that you've provided for us today, a good day. And Father, we ask that you'd help us now as we Take a few moments and look at your word and we ask that you just put it deep in our hearts and that we be changed by it. And Father, we just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so Paul intends to show us here in these few verses that only the spiritual-minded person can be obedient to the law of God and the fleshly mind cannot, or the carnal mind cannot. Uh, we can be obedient to the law of God only in a spiritual mindset that is following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I want you to remember our theological statement we've been talking about for quite some time now, um, fitting it into with 
what Paul has given us in Romans 6, 23. And it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we'll see how Paul has continued to break that down and building onto that structure, uh, you know, to have a theological theme of eternal life and salvation. And if you look in, um, notice in verse 9, it says, um, with the gift of God that comes through the Spirit of Christ, verse 9, it says, the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. The third person, we're talking about the Spirit of Christ or the Spirit of God that's mentioned several times in uh, verses 5 through 11. Um, and just to help us understand what he's talking about, that Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ is part of the Godhead. It's the Trinity. He's part of the Trinity. We know Him as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And every believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them or indwelling in them. Turn over to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, we read part of that already in the call to worship verse. Uh, and Paul helps us to understand what he's talking about there in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, notice in verse, verse 7 there. Um, verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, In whom we have believed through His blood the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Paul is talking to believers and he is educating them on what happens to a person who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And he, he tells us the purpose of that. According to his grace, a person comes. And according to his grace, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sin. You see there that it's by his grace we have redemption and we have forgiveness of sin. Notice verse 12, it says, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. You know, all of this is contingent on a person first trusting in Christ. And that's what Paul is expounding on he's expanding on what it means or what's happened when a person trusts in Christ these past few weeks and months where we've been in Romans since we left chapter 3 has all been explaining that and this is continuing to do so here in chapter Romans 8 and in Ephesians the purpose statement for those who first trusted in Christ is for His praise and glory. So if you want to know why God saved you, not because of your goodness, but it's for the praise of His own glory. Look at verse 13. He says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchase protect possession unto the praise of his glory the person who has trusted Christ is sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's what it plainly tells us there. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it's for the praise of His glory. <clears throat> now back in uh, Romans chapter 8, we talked last week about the fleshly mindset and the spiritual mindsets. In verse 5 it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. People live according to their mindsets. You know, I said a few weeks ago that people live according to one of two laws. It's either the law of the flesh or the law of the Spirit. And people live according to their mindset. What is the difference between the two mindsets? And what does it matter? Why does it matter if we know which mindset that we are living by? Look at verse 6. He says that, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is is life and peace. Notice there that the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is death. And he contrasts that. He says, but the contrast is life and peace in the spiritually minded person. So think about that. The spiritually minded person has life. And he also added peace there. But he didn't really contrast the peace when he talked about the carnally minded person. But we can do that in our own mind. Uh, what's the opposite of peace? It's war. So the carnal mind is at war against God. The reason uh, this is so is because the fleshly mind is enmity against God. Enmity. Look at verse 7. It says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can indeed can be. Matthew Henry helps us to understand what this is all talking about here. He says that the carnal sinner is a dead man. You know, we've just read that. But the carnal person is a dead man. The carnally minded person is a dead man. Then he goes on to say the enmity. Talks about we're at enmity against God. And what he's saying there, it's the devil of a man. Or the soul of man. The soul of man, the carnal man, his soul is at enmity against God. The carnal is not um, 
getting ahead of myself here a little bit. Carnal is alienation to God. Enmity is opposition of the soul against God. So that carnal person, his very soul is that enmity of God. He's in opposition to God. It rebels against his authority. It dwarfs his designs and opposes his interests, spits in his face and spurns at his bowels or deepest feelings. That's the carnal mind. It opposes God. And we can all summarize it in just one thing. We're at war against. The carnal mind is at war with God. He wants to throw God off his throne. He wants to put herself on that throne. Verse 7, he says that um, the enemy of God, oh, this is, this is really good right here, the enemy of God may be reconciled. I mean, we've seen that in our wor world, you know, World War II, our enemy was Japan. But now, Japan is one of our closest allies. You know, enemies can be reconciled. But a person who is at enmity with God cannot be reconciled to God. Okay? Enmity, enmity cannot be reconciled. And he says uh, in verse 7 there, he says, The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now the carnal mind just cannot be subject to God or His law. Cannot. I mean, I don't know how to explain that. It just can't happen. It's like having salt water and fresh water coming out of the same pipe. It can't happen. It's like slicing a piece of bread and looking for a piece of bread that hasn't been affected by yeast. You, you can't. So the carnal mind cannot be reconciled to God. And based on that right there, I know that you don't hear it too much now, but when I was younger, we used to hear about the carnal Christian. It was a popular preaching point many years ago. And you may still hear about that today. But based on what we've just read, there's no such thing as a carnal Christian. How can a Christian be called a Christian, be a Christian, and be at enmity against God? How can a person be a Christian and be at war against God? It can't happen. You just can't. I mean, that's the house that divided against itself that Jesus talked about. Carnal and Christian cannot be thought about the same person at the same time. You just can't. 
they are opposed to each other. You see, the carnal mind is at war against God. It's at war against God. And the opposite of war is peace. And what did we learn already? That the spiritual mind is life and peace. Can a believer be at war with God? The mindset of a believer is to please God. Okay? The flesh cannot please God. Verse 8. So then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, Paul ties it all together so that we cannot think there are different spirits. Okay? That is the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of God. He uses these two terms in this passage. He talks about the Spirit of Christ and he talks about the Spirit of God. You know what? He's talking about the same thing. Just two different ways of saying it. They're all one. They're one and the same. Look at verse 9. He says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, you see in that verse, he's talking about the same thing, even though he says it two different ways. You understand that how this all connects to our theological statement for the wages of sin is death. The flesh is death. The carnal mind is death. The carnal mind is opposed to God. The carnal mind is sin and the wages of sin is death. See how that connected together? But then he goes on in Romans 6.23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The spiritual mindset is life and peace. The spiritual mind has the Spirit of Christ. The spiritual mind has the Spirit of God dwelling in him or in them. It is the spiritual mind that can be obedient to the law of God. It is the spiritual mind that has the gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation comes through Jesus repenting of our sin and believing in Christ. If you're a sinner today and you've never trusted Christ, repent and believe. You don't know how many more opportunities you'll have to repent and believe. Romans 2, I think, says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? We won't be able to escape if we neglect it. Okay? So if you've never trusted Christ, I beg you, I implore you, I compel you to repent and believe. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart 
that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's repentance and that's belief. Repent and believe. So let's stand and we'll pray and we'll get done a little bit early. I'm sure y'all are sad about that. <laughs> let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you for your word. Father, we ask that you just help us to understand it. Father, help us to uh, change our heart, change our lives, and help us to share it with other people. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Father, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So please remain standing for our last song. about the salvation of God. Reformation song. <laughs> <laughs>